Of course, you know that three times a week on this show, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, the great Curtis Sliwa, who's really terrific, 12 to 1 every weekday afternoon, and of course, owns the weekends here. He comes in. Now, Monday he wasn't here because cats booted him to celebrate Lincoln's birthday. Wait, wait, wait. Well, which, what, what, which, what which cats? Uh, not yours. Not the feral cat, John Katz and No, no, then there's the other cats that you were talking about with Brian Kilmeade. <laughs> we'll get oh, to that. busting 24 cribs. <laughs> get out of here. So Curtis was here yesterday instead with Andrew Giuliani, and he talked about being with me and Danielle and a host of others and Gabriel Monday night at the screening of Gemini Lounge. And, yes, I'm talking about myself and the movie. Not many radio hosts have the opportunity to be in a big, major motion picture. So we're going to, for one second, folks, I'm sorry, one second, I'm going to put down what I did for a full hour with Jennifer, which is Eric Adams, Kathy Hochul, Joe Biden, all that. That's why I get ratings. That's how it works. Explain that to the folks, Curtis, why people like me get ratings and everybody else basically doesn't. Because you personalize it. You uh, you have an up-close and personal relationship, not only with everything you've done, good, bad, and ugly, and you reveal that to your audience, but you talk about real people, real issues, and you don't just come in here. And remember how we used to have Silly Putty, and we would put the Silly Putty on the, on the <laughs> cartoons, and we would take an image of it? That's what the rest of talk radio sounds like. If I heard it at 9 o'clock, I'll hear it at 10 o'clock, I'll hear it at 11 o'clock. They basically repurpose the shows. They're not interesting. They don't give you anything new. You're going to have Gordon Chang on here. He's going to say it's an act of war. It's an act of war. Yeah, my do not my. You wanted us to go to a freaking war for a balloon, and now the rest of these freaking <laughs> balloons, we don't, they're probably our balloons. <laughs> you know, I mean, Gordon Chang was on 50,852 times saying it's an act of war. It's an act of war. Hey, Gordon, it's a freaking balloon. Yeah, well, it is an act of war, but we'll get to Gordon Chang coming up at. Uh, 7.40, but... You see, the rest of our, our, our hosts and hostess here will listen to Sid in the Morning like we all do. Gordon Chang, that's right. Book him. Book him, Daniel. Book him. It's like, you think he could get a little original? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why I play China Girl by David Bowie when he comes on, just to kind of split up the conversation. Of course, of course, of course. <laughs> yeah. But no, let's get back to real life. And oh boy, I got a beef to pick, but I'll hold off uh, momentarily. So you have two famous lounges in organized crime. Gemini Lounge, Brooklyn, Canarsie, Bamboo Lounge, right? From Goodfellas, everybody thinks like Botito. Oh, it's Howard Beach. It was Ozone Park, Bullfeathers, Canarsie, Avenue N, and Rockaway Parkway because all the tough guys were in Canarsie. How far, because uh, Anthony Carone talks uh, to me about this uh, bamboo place, how far was that from the Gemini Lounge? Gemini Lounge, I'd say uh, you're talking about uh, a good uh, mile about a mile away? So they were very, very close. Two miles. So they were very close. Well, actually, Canarsie High School is closest to the Bamboo Lounge where there were race riots in 1969. By the way, didn't see Bo Deedle there. And then (laughs) South Shore where there were race riots between 72 and 73. It had just opened up. Second largest high school in the country. Yes. 6,000 guys and gals, half of them from Brownsville, half of them from Canarsie, Italians versus blacks, battles in the streets, and that's how organized crime got a lot of ah, their young yes. guys yes. By the way, from seeing how they handled themselves in the in the uh, battles against the blacks who were coming in from Brownsville. I used to buy uh, drugs in the parking lot at uh, the Burger King 
right across the street by the from South Shore station. High School. Yeah. Right by the mobile station. <laughs> yeah. That's where Chris Rosenberg got his start. Bo no. Dido, who didn't know anything about that because he was assigned to the 75th precinct in East New York and stayed out of Canarsie. Like his hero, John Gotti Sr., who was afraid to come after Roy DeMeo and his killing crew of Joey Test and Anthony Sento. Oh, I'm not on. going into right So you're saying that Bo Deedle, who just yesterday you said deserves a nod for yes. Best Supporting Actor with me in Gemini Lounge. Absolutely. You, you, you get complimented Bo Deedle all morning yesterday. Now you're saying today that the hero cop Bo Deedle was afraid Wait of Roy DeMeo and his crew? Let me give you the Trinity, the Troika, the Trifecta. Right. Great cop, right? East New York, Palm Sunday Massacre. He solves that case while Benjamin Ward was out on a bender three days with some floozy outside of w, uh, uh, Washington, D.C. They couldn't find the police commissioner to catch. Uh, that's plus one. Plus two, he got the rapists who uh, just scarred up the nuns. Oh, in that East was Harlem. terrible. Terrible. Great job. Rape the nun and then, like, carved crosses oh, carved in her chest. Yeah. Great yeah. job. That may, have been, that may have been the greatest arrest, Curtis, in the history of New York. And I've talked about that on and on and on. And then, obviously, he's made great appearances in a number of movies. This one, his best appearance yet because... He was playing an administrative cop, which is typically not what Bo Deedle does because he's the DT. He's the rogue cop. Here, he was wearing the white shirt. He was in command. Great job, along with Sid Rosenberg, who is Dracula. I'm going to tell you something <laughs> about Dracula. I've been telling him all about Dracula, things that he didn't know. He's going to get a little embarrassed about. I had to reveal <laughs> to him yesterday that Dracula, right, who is the bartender, who is the first cousin of Roy DeMeo, actually was a drag queen oh, who put on, now get this, who puts on a wig, he's got mascara, six-inch stack heels, he's got the nylons on, the guys are sitting at the bar. Hey, drag, where you going? Don't worry about it, I'll be right back. He walked around a few blocks away, he robs a bank at gunpoint, no getaway car, he steals the car on the way out, high-speed chase with the cops, he's throwing off his lingerie, his panties, his nylons, he goes running down the block, the cops stop him at gunpoint, Bring him to the 6-9 precinct, put him in a lineup, and then the bank manager comes in. That's the guy. And Dracula yells at him, what do you mean? I was dressed as a woman. How are you picking me? Because schmuck, putz, you still have your mascara and your rouge on. Oh and then they God. send him away to that prison. That is a great scene. In the end, when they killed the Mayo and all these other high-profile mobsters in Canarsie, Correct me if I'm wrong. You know the history about everybody. They never found Dracula, well, right? Well, let's see. They, they, they made it sound nice. Like Albert, the brother of yeah. Roy DeMeo. By the way, Dracula was a great cook. He cooked only for two guys. He cooked only for Roy DeMeo and his son, Albert. That's it. He That's made it. The, the best pasta. Is that right? Best pasta. And never threw in any human bones, you know, like said, hey, you can pick, your, uh, pick those things <laughs> out of your teeth with the human bones of what we just carved up. No, no. Great guy making pasta. So Albert, in his book, For the Sins of My Father, or something like that, suggests that when all the warrants were going down, the no-knock warrants, when they're dragging out Joey Tester, Anthony Centaur, they're looking for Roy DeMeo's already, like, uh, buried under the, the with the fishes, that all of a sudden Albert took him to an airport, Dracula, 
And Dracula just got on a plane, you and know. And that was it. <laughs> like uh, Eichmann and disappeared, you know, to Argentina or whatever. Right. Are uh, you kidding? He's over there in the Fountain Avenue <laughs> dump fertilizing the flowers there of what is now Shirley Chisholm State Park. The old dump there. I, I, and people believe that. Oh, he just, this guy who, who looked like Lurch, except he was great, is going to get on a plane, disappear. Like, where the hell did he go to disappear? <laughs> this guy would stand out amongst a thousand people. You know you know he's he's in the hefty trash bags oh, there. Oh, of you don't. course. He's so dead. Oh, it's unbelievable. Albert, I, I drove him to JFK. He had a one-way ticket. Where was he going? I have no idea. Get out of here. I know where he went. Straight to hell without an asbestos suit. Wow. Look at you. So you came in this morning, and uh, one of the things you said to me was off the Brian Kilmeade conversation at 640. We were talking about uh, the mayor, Eric Adams. And at one point, I saw you listening to the conversation when I mentioned the crime statistics being up in yesterday's New York Post. And you gave a thumbs up to, well, I guess me and Brian, for mentioning that because anytime something goes wrong in the city and you can blame it on Eric Adams, for you, that's basically an orgasm. Maybe a double orgasm. No, I don't know. No, no, what? I no, get, no, no. The reason I gave the thumbs up was not that. Uh-uh. Brian Kilmeade, right, from Matza Pizza, a.k.a. Massapequa. Lots of mobsters out there. Oh, yes. Lots with their mansions. In fact, one was named Roy DeMeo. He lived in Massapequa? Massapequa Park. Wow. He, he's all paranoid because his adopted son, Chris Rosenberg, had off these Cubans, you know, in a drug deal gone awry, and he's being told by Castellano, you got to whack your own, you know, adopted son. So all that was true in the movie that uh, Rosenberg, who is played brilliantly by Jake Cannavale, Bobby Cannavale's son. He really did whack those Cubans, and it was Paul Castellano eventually assassinated at the hands of John Gotti, who went and said to DeMeo, you gotta, gotta kill take Chris. Care of this. You gotta yeah. kill Chris. So he doesn't want to do it. He's hiding in his house in Massapequa Park. He thinks that one of these Cubans is outside in a car. A guy named Raguchi, who's going door-to-door as a salesman trying to pay his way through college. So he's got Denome and he's got another guy. And they chase this guy. Seven-mile chase, you know. I think it was on uh, the Grand Central Parkway. They pull him over to, uh, to the side. And here's the mail. Puts a bullet right in the back of his head. And it turns out. It's this college kid trying to put his way through school. And that was it. Was it wasn't the right guy? It was not the right and guy. And he felt badly about it, Roy DeMeo. But, Even him, his, who was an his, animal. His wife felt bad about it. His well, son, it Albert. too late for that. Oh, I know. But this guy, <laughs> the cocaine was eating up their brains. They were becoming delusional. Well, wait a second. But, but DeMeo didn't do the cocaine, oh, did he? Oh, come on. They I all know did Chris the Rosenberg did. Okay. okay. They all did the cocaine. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Paul Castellano, you guys are not going to be dealing in drugs. But meantime, give me my 10%. Right? Give me my and this myth, it was the organized crime that brought heroin into this country through the mills in Sicily and Marseille. Well, wasn't that the big difference between Castellano and Gotti? That Gotti was already doing some of that, and he knew the mob could make a ton of money dealing drugs, and he knew Castellano was too old school. Every, so one, of the, every one of the Gottis, every one of Odito's friends. Oh, my very dear friend, John Gotti Sr., I heard him yesterday. Oh, oh yeah, and Scopa. I knew the two Scopa boys. Yeah, into extortion and racketeering. They weren't tough guys. These guys wouldn't come in at Canarsie where you had the Gambinos and Lucases. Come on, Sid. Why'd you let this guy demean me? Why didn't you play what he said about me yesterday, right? Why'd you play what your friend Bodito said about me yesterday? All right, let's do it. Hey, Lou Rapino, do we have these cuts of my friend Bodito talking about Curtis Sliwa on yesterday's show? And then I'm sure Curtis will respond to some of these Bodito comments.
Here's Bo Deedle comment number one. I'm glad that my friend Curtis, man, he's everywhere. You sure he wasn't with Lincoln when he got white? I was the uh, detective, a homicide detective in Brooklyn. Uh, you know, you've got to remember, Roy DeMayo got, uh, got whacked in 1983. Boy, my man Curtis, he is around. i I got to take my hat off to him. If half of these stories are true, this guy is one remarkable guy. He, one remarkable he's a modern-day Forrest Gump. <laughs> yeah. What was that, Forrest Gump? Well, he was everywhere. You were I mean, piling on I, Well, shit. I did kind of pile on, And by yes. the way, after I gave him such platitudes, after I nominated him for Supporting Actor Award in the upcoming uh, Academy Awards in March, no. and look at how he dispatched Well, he wasn't done. There's still one more, by oh, the way. this was the worst. This was the worst. <laughs> Here is Bo Deedle from yesterday's show, cut number two, talking about Curtis Sliwa. Because I did... Grow up in Ozone Park. I did grow up with Johnny Gotti Sr. and Ralphie and Joey Scopo. I mean, this is not make-believe stuff, so I've done that. And I have some of my best friends, and I'll say it very, very candidly, some of my best friends are alleged organized crime figures, which alleged, I use the word alleged, because the majority of organized crime, to be very honest, has been defunct. Yeah, meantime, he's disparaging me. He's probably getting cred, you know. <laughs> what is that place he goes to? Ragu's Rayos, there. yes. yes. Rayos, yeah, yeah, where they serve you Chef Boyardee out of a can <laughs> and charge oh, you a I big for it. Yeah, oh, it's go- the worst food. <laughs> uh, uh, wannabe monsters who are out of central casting. Oh, you look God, at these God. guys. Any moment they're going to have a heart attack, you know, clogging <laughs> of the arteries. And here's Bo. He's holding counsel there. What you doing in Canarsie, Bo? I come he never came to Canarsie. <laughs> Avenue L, Lucchese. He's on one side, Gambino's on the other side. Sliwa was there battling both of them. And those who survived will tell you, that guy, Sliwa, was totally psycho. By the way, uh, Bo Deedle is actually playing Lucchese in Godfather of Harlem. Did you know that? He's actually playing Tommy Lucchese. I'm not watching it. I'm sorry, I'm boycotting it after what he said yesterday. He, oh, my fr- my friend growing up, John Gotti Sr., right? The man who ordered me whacked twice, right? And well, well, Bo, Bo put up $10,000 reward. What did he put up a reward? He knew who wanted to whack me and who tried to whack me. He should have just gone to the feds and said, you know, I know who, who tried to whack Sliwa. I know that. Well, let me give you their names. I'll write it here on the napkin for you. Huh? Oh, boy. Well, well, come on, Sid. I want an apology from Bo. After I gave him such a stellar rating for his performance in the... Uh, Bamboo Lounge. Oh, that's right, Bamboo Lounge. That wasn't in Ozone Park and Howard Beach like it was in the movie, Goodfellas. They were not the toughest of the tough. The toughest of the tough were in Canarsie. Wow. And this is after you guys had some difficulties when Bo ran for mayor, uh, which I wish he would have won. Obviously, he lost to Bill de Blasio. You guys both have that in common. He lost to Bill de Blasio. Let me tell you, you something about your friend. Hold on a second. No, Let me on, tell you something on. about slow your down, friend, Bo. Slow down. Yep. Uh, there was only one guy he beat out of like seven guys running for mayor, and it's a guy who hijacked a plane to Cuba. Is that right? That's right. That was the only guy he beat. Your friend Bo Dito, right? I don't want to hear the name any longer. He oh. disparaged me on your airwaves, and you called me Forrest Gump. I did call you Forrest Gump, yes. You, it's like you were off the ropes. It's like they were in the middle of a WWE match, and here comes Sid Rosenberg on the top of the ropes. Boom! And he gives me a rock hammer. Well, you know, sitting right next to me yesterday was another guy who could have easily defended you, Andrew Giuliani. He never cracked the mic. That traditor, let me tell you something. And ever since he said Mike Trout was a better ball player than Joe Dimaggio, 
Maggio. And I went to his father and I said, how are you going to discipline your son, Rudy? My kumbari cheech. He goes, well, you know, my son's entitled to his point of view. Disparage the Yankee Clipper, Joe DiMaggio. No, no, no. Rudy's my enemy, too. They're all your friends, Sid Rosenberg. They had a Hollywood Square put up by John Katzmatidis in the New York Post. Full page cover. They had me in the middle. I'm the fiend, I'm the foe, and I'm no Paul Lynn. A drunken, angry gay guy. I know what you meant by that shit, and I'll never forgive you. I'm Forrest Gump, huh? I'm Forrest Gump. Hey, Bo Guido out there. I never saw you in Canarsie. Never saw you on Flatlands. Never saw you on Avenue L. Never saw you in a Bamboo Lounge. Never saw you in a Gemini Lounge. Maybe you were hiding at the 75th Precinct. Oh, I'm not going to go over there and deal with Roy DeMeo and his crazies that Curtis knew. 